Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. Welcome back, Hebrew Congregation of Houston, episode 119. Wow, 119. Welcome to the Hebrew Congregation of Houston. It's good to be in the house. You see a little different background. Uh, um, at, in my room with my man. Oh, here they're going to start some rumors. It's my husband. Say hi, Jerry. <laughs> hi, Jerry. <laughs> Hello, hello. Yes. So, hello. Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. So we just traveling, traveling around for my little birthday uh, visits. So we're in San Francisco uh, visiting my grandbaby right now. So that's just a blessing. So my Easter keeping it real today is going to be we can't breathe and we can't talk. What? So a lot of times when the knee is on your neck, like we saw George Floyd, you can't talk and you can't breathe, right? What is, mm -hmm. she, what is she talking about? Let's first go to a scripture. I'm going to start with Genesis 2 and 7. Genesis 2 and 7 says, then the Lord formed a man. The Lord formed a man. All those other things they're talking about, apes and stuff, no. Stop it, United States. The Lord formed a man from the dust of the ground, from the dust. These men, they, they don't rule nothing. They was dust. Dust they started and dust they'll be. That's when they start talking crazy to me. In the days, I'm like, you have no power over me. The Lord formed us. You're nothing but dust and you're going to be dust again. You change your underwear every day, one leg at a time, just like everybody else, right? And then he said, and he breathed into us, our nostrils, the breath of life. The Lord breathed into man's nostrils, the breath of life. And the man became a living being. The man became a living being. So my subject, we can't breathe and we can't talk. Let's talk about this Kyrie Irving. Well, I'm going to admit some more people here. We thank everyone for being here. Thank the Lord for another day and another opportunity. So let's talk about this Kyrie Irving. First of all, he said his, he looked up his name means Yahweh. Kyrie Irving said his name means Yahweh. So he went on, he found this movie called H2, H2N, means Hebrews to Negroes. And we're going to put out there, I just ordered it too. And so he tweeted, hey, everybody, you know, get this movie. Next thing he knows, they're talking about he's anti-Semitic. What? Because he tweeted to, to uh, watch a movie? Are you crazy? What's going on, it's been going on for a long time. But now, at some point, people get tired. Our Black men have been being killed in the street with, with the people uh, knee on their neck for a long time. But when we saw the life leave, leave George Floyd, we said, we're tired. Now we can't even talk. We're tired. We know who we are. We know the original Jews. We know we're the Hebrews. We know those are our people in the Bible. Now you're telling us we can't even talk about our people? Come on. And then we sit here and we allow it. We allow it. Why, when, when the George Floyd thing happened, we know that the earth shaped because we were appalled. And, oh my God, they're killing them, which they've been doing. We've been seeing all the time. We just happened to get it on tape. Now we're saying we can't even talk. We can't even express ourselves. What? Then they're stripping their money down? How long are we going to allow this to happen? 
we can't breathe and we can't talk. You see it all the time in the media, in the comics, where they make them put on dresses, stripping their manhood. Oh yeah, this, this Negro, yeah, we got him up there. He making all this money, now go put on a dress. <clears throat> you see it all the time with our comics. It ain't, it's not funny anymore. I'm gonna say it ain't funny anymore. We're tired of it. We're tired of our men being stripped down. We're tired of them not being able to talk. Monique has gone through it. Uh, Chris has gone, oh, a lot of high prestigious people have gone through it in the entertainment industry. We have got to bind together. We have got to do something. Okay, so I ordered the movie too. Uh, the, the panel is open. What do you feel about this Kyrie, this Kyrie Irving and what happened to him on his tweet? Anybody have anything to say about it? Yeah, I could uh, give a few thoughts to it. <clears throat> Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Um, I don't know if you already said it. My apologies. I was a few minutes late here. But, uh, you know, what's happening with Kyrie, this is a classic case of bug breaking. Uh, for those of you who may not know what that is, um, back in the time in slavery days, uh, when a when a slave got out of line, when he was, the you know, one of the strongest or one of the most physically fit or one of the leaders uh, in the community, they would bring him out before the whole community, bring all the slaves out to watch. And it was Sedarians to give him lash after lash after lash to show that, uh, you know, here's your strongest, here's your most feared, here's your leader. If we'll do it to him, imagine what we'll do to you. And so they put him out there as a public display and, uh, you know, the buck, put him out there as a public display and they would try to break him. Uh, you know, it, it got a lot worse than that in some uh, scenarios. I'm giving you the mild version of it, uh, but they'll give him a, a lash after lash after lash and try to break him. Uh, in front of the rest of his family and for the rest of uh, the slaves. And just so you know, not to mess with and not to get out of line and then get conditions afterwards, uh, kind of like what you seen when you went from uh, Kunta Kente to Toby, uh, give conditions afterwards to say that you will not, uh, you will not be allowed to re-enter into whatever until you meet these conditions. And so you see that in modern day context here with Kyrie, all he did was he, he didn't say anything. He didn't. He just simply tweeted a link. Tweeted a movie, right? Then tweeted a link, and whether it had information in it or not, uh, you know that is taking away his free speech. But what they're doing is they're bringing him out there. Nike dropped him. Uh, you know they they suspended him some days. Said he has to meet the conditions to come back. They're bringing him out there and saying if we'll do it to him, imagine what we'll do to you. He'll take away his money. He'll do all this to him, and he's a, somebody that's actually making us this money, just like the buck back in the day would have been one of the slaves that's making the most money because of his physical prowess. Uh, if he's making us this money, we'll do it to him. Just imagine what we'll do to you. And so when I see this, you know, uh, and, you know, uh, a lot of different uh, Hebrew Israelites, Farrakhan, I saw Nick Cannon talking about it, uh, but are kind of talking about this topic of this is just classic a classic case of what we've seen with our ancestors is just happening in the financial way now instead of in uh, the physical way, but it's the same idea. Thank you, Minister Griff. So we can't whoop their behinds because it's illegal now. We can't lynch them because that's illegal now. But what we're going to do, we can't embarrass them because they're not putting on those dresses anymore. So what we're going to do now, we're going to take the money. Th this is the next resort.
We're going to break them down financially. We're going to make them apologize to the, to the, in front of their people and shame them. Devil, sit down. You have no dominion over our men. Didn't I just read in Genesis 2 and 7 that the Lord, the God, formed our men? We are, we are the image of him. All you doing is waking us up even more. Every time you tear one of our men down, devil, you're doing us a favor to a certain degree because we already know there has to be a sacrificial land. We already know blood has to be shed because we already know our Bible. We already know this. So now, guess what? You're waking up your white folks, the, the, the Gentiles, because now they're saying, hey, what's going on here? Let me go get the movie too. And you educate them. And they're one of our allies because it's the Jews that's holding us down. Let's keep it real. The Jewish. So now the Gentiles, the white folks are starting to say, you know what? These people have endured enough. Like, damn, how much you going to do to them? You've already years and years and years have executed these people publicly. We tired of seeing it too. Capitol Hill, they're realizing it. That ain't against us, democracy. That's their, that's their laws. That's them. And they're about to see it happen on Capitol Hill, too. And they're going to say, you know what? Those Hebrew folks, they're right. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. We're seeing it, too. We're feeling it, too, with our democracy being under attack. I don't even know if this is going to make it out. But God, it's coming out. <laughs> whether it's me or somebody else, the world is right now shaking. God is shaking it up because it's time for his people to go to the next level. What we talked about next week, Easter keeping real, the next level. We can't breathe. We can't talk. We can't do anything. Chains are broken, United States. We're not, we're not tolerated anymore. We're speaking out. And the more you know your identity, the less we'll start killing black on black. We'll start having those, stop having those crimes. Kanye's not crazy. Kyrie's not crazy. Nick Cannon's not crazy. Monique's not crazy. All these folks who are coming out are not crazy. We have got to start praying and teaching our kids and standing behind them. And we have got to start boycotting. Oh, you don't want this? We'll crash Dow Jones. We'll crash the stock market. We'll stop shopping. Get your seeds. Plant your plant your your your, your crops. We'll shut the economy down because we can't. That's how much power we have. We have that power. Some of us know it and some of us don't, but we have it. And we're going to come together as one. It's going to happen, United States. It's just a matter of time. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Uh, you know, I, I saw the film and, and I've seen, you know, the other versions. But the thing about that film is, and the books, they're all back, they back up everything that they say or that we say with facts. The facts are there. It is written, proof. And still, one group of people are saying it's anti-Semitic. Right. Right. But right. when you back up with facts, when you go to court, you take facts. And in that film, in the films and in the books, there are facts that you can follow up on. And if you and if that's, you know, here's one right here that got Farrakhan. Right. 
the secret, what is the secret relationship between blacks and Jews? He has documented facts oh. in his book. That's book one. And I got book number two. All right. The secret relationship between blacks and Jews. Book two. Same thing with facts actually written by Jews. He got facts from Jews. So, but he is anti-Semitic. He's asked, well, let's sit down and dialogue. Let's talk. Mm -hmm. Right? And so every one of us, and this goes back, like as, as uh, Minister Griff said, this goes back. The buck breaking, he did it the easy way. They sodomized those men. Mm -hmm. That's buck breaking. Sodomized. Right? And, this, and that same spirit is in people that I see it on TV when you turn you see them. Again, as he said, dressing in, in drag. Right? Mm -hmm. And just proud of it. You know? And, and so that's okay. Right? That's okay. And when the facts are that, and I don't care if they get angry with me, you can tell me, well, you're anti-Semitic. Well, my great-grandfather, a Jew, Ashkenazi Jew, all right? But my mother's side, I'm an Israelite. On the women's side, I'm an Israelite. On the male side, I'm a Jew. So shut your mouth. Mm -hmm. Okay, shut your mouth. All right, so you can say that all you want about me. And I've been in the congregation and I've argued with the Jews about who I am and where I come from. And I've seen them look at me cross-eyed. So am I anti-Semitic? I can't be. That's my roots. I'm telling the facts and the truth. It's okay as long as Africans talk about Africans in public in a negative way. That's fine. Right. But when we talk about ourselves revealing who we are, then it's offensive, right? And so mm -hmm. we understand, but but the problem is we as a people have been so destroyed and, 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 and denigrated that we have lost our identity. So what do we do? Mm -hmm. We stand together. It's, it's, again, we should stand together. You know, we talk about Nat Turner, you go like Nat Turner and how he, when he realized what was going on, he turned and, and came back to his people They killed him and used one of his own people to kill him. Mm -hmm. This is nothing new. Mm -hmm. When you look at MSNBC, Anybody talk about MSNBC, what they did to the lady just fired her because another white man said that she was a, a racist. And the guy who said it is speaks racist stuff all the time against black folks. Mm -hmm. But he's still on. They didn't fire him. Fox didn't fire him. Right. But MSNBC saw it. They had, and she's not the only one. Then you look at Dave Chappelle, Saturday Night Live. They don't want him on there. Right. You know. What's, what's the deal? And he had a dress. They put a dress in his room. He ran over to Africa. He'll tell you. Yeah. Then they tried to say he crazy no, no drugs. Yeah. He said they're liars. Yeah. They took my money. Muhammad Ali doesn't even own his name. And the daughter's using her name to, to make money. And they said, you don't own that name because we own that name. Yeah. So they so, asked mm -hmm. him trying to sue her. The Jews are trying to sue her too for using her own name. Right. So if we put the facts out, again, facts do matter. So to those brothers and to the sisters that are coming out with the facts, continue to bring out the facts. And generally, the facts are coming out through the Israelite community. And there are some Jews that have come out with the facts. I'm talking about, when I say the Jews, I'm talking about the Europeans that are European birth, you know, that have come out and will state the facts. Um, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If they're anti-Semitic. And, right. and, and right now, thank, thank you, Rabbi Avshalom. Right now, there's a head... Jewish leader, I forgot his name. Um, I've been watching him and he's saying, Kanye, let's sit down and talk. Now they're saying, we know you're not crazy. 
We know you are all the original Jews. Let's sit down and talk and let's do a, a, a peace treaty. Let's get this right. We're ready. We're ready to sit down and talk. So let's do this. Let's yeah. present the facts and let's figure out how we're going to move forward. That's where we need to be at. That's how we're going to move forward in this. Because they only mm -hmm. can hide it so long. They can't hide it anymore. The gig is up. Yeah. They, they can't mm -hmm. hide it anymore. Yeah. And so the world is awake. They've been awake. But now that we're awake, they, they're going to have to address this. Simple as that. They can only say so many people are crazy. They can only put so many knees on people's neck. They can only shut us up so much unless they shut the whole social media down. But something's about to jump off. You best believe that. It's biblical. It has to. Yeah. It's about to mm -hmm. jump off. It's going down now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you better be in position. And you better be ready. How do I get in position? I told you to get you some seeds, first of all. Start start getting ready, some water, some seeds, because when social media and your phones and everything are, are shut down, people gonna start panicking then. Mm -hmm. Just just be still, know that God is working. He sits on the mm -hmm. throne. He, it says right here, I told you Genesis 2, the Lord, he's in control. Those men are nothing but dust. Dust, dust they were, dust they'll be, all of us. But we have the spirit in us. Eternal life with the Lord, our Yahweh, our Yahshua. And then he said he'll be the enemies of our enemies. He said vengeance is his. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Quit fearing them. Oh, I, I, I just did a tweet. Oh, I just did that. And please don't take my dollar, Master Man. Stop it. God, <laughs> your parents named you Yahweh. Kyrie, he, that's what they did that for a reason. Because they knew who they were and they named you that. You are a born leader, a born king. Act like it. Mm -hmm. Go stay at your, your uh, cousin's house in the projects or somewhere. So what? Stand up. We're tired now. Let them have their money. That's what Kanye's saying. Let, he already knew they were going to take his money. And we all, oh, he he crazy because he wore a white Lives Matter shirt. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Stop it. Yeah, he's done a lot of crazy stuff, and so have I, and so have you. Anybody else have anything to say? Because, you know, I'll keep going. I, I can talk about this all day. Yeah, I was just going to say, I remember when we watched that video, it was a while ago now, but, um, and, and the documentaries around it also. And, um, husband, it was, it was, a, it had some time to it. Let's just put it that way. And so my husband had made that comment and, you know, I was like, it's because it's a documentary and the way that it's being documented, he's literally citing everything. Mm -hmm. And so I'm glad that he did it in that way, because then when you go, when people will go and they will see the video, they will see that it was barely his own words. You know, it was mostly, and even when he was, it was more like an expounding on the things he had found. Now, I mean, you know, I found some things where things could have been tied in a little better, but for the most part, he's he's kind of a a, a nerd in that way where he's 
he could have probably been a historian, you know? And so that's kind of how the, the thing is broken down. So they're probably going to think it's some sensationalized thing before they go see it only to discover that it's as, as um, Rabbi said, very fact-based and very well-documented. And he's just reading things and citing things that were found and people had said and people had written. And so, you know, really, as one person said, if you're going to take it up with someone, take it up with the people who who said it <laughs> and who wrote it, but they can't. Most of those people aren't even around. So, you know, and yeah. so I just think that that was a blessing from the most high because it's like now when you go there, there's nothing you can really say, you know, and as you say, it's only causing people to flock to the information. And right. that is how the most high works. Like, we'll be like, how could he do such and such in such a short period of time? And you might, you know, try to rack your brain, trying to figure out how he's going to do the things that he promised us. We know that in the past with our people, they expected Mashiach to come a certain way. And so when he came, it was like, they didn't even recognize him, didn't know who he was, you know, as one of the songs says, because he didn't come the way that they had expected. And just the same way, he that's how the Most High is always surprising us. He's always doing things in a way and he can do it speedily and in a hurry, you know, where it's like just with one thing, all of a sudden now the whole world is paying attention to an issue. Mm -hmm you know, as he, because he's decided that now it's the time. And so to those who are, you know, who have been struggling to get that message out, you know, be encouraged and continue on. And then to those who, you know, that's also for us to understand. I think it's also a testimony for us to know that, you know, the most high can do just about anything. And he, when he says a thing is a time, it doesn't matter who's trying to stop it and who's trying to prevent it. He is the most high God. He is above all things and he can do exactly what he's decided is going to be done for the day and for the time. That's it. Amen. Thank you. Thanks Amen. everyone for their comments. Minister Griff, I, I ordered those two movies and so we'll have to watch them when you visit me. They're matter of fact, they're on back order because everybody's ordering them. And so mm -hmm. we, we, we always talk about, <laughs> oh, there's a famine. There's not famine. The money is shifted somewhere. The money's still out there. They print so much money. It's yeah. still out there. It's just a matter of who, ha who has yep. it. So just yep. like when when uh, the, the pandemic hit, Jeff Bezos over uh, Amazon, he, he, was, he was getting all the money because everybody was ordering everything. The money was still out there. He was just getting all the money at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so right now, the the founder of, of the H2N. He's he's getting a lot of money right now. It's on back order. And you can mm -hmm. be put just you have to put yourself in that position too. One minute you can make a a, a a nail file, for instance. I'm just being facetious. And then everybody uh things start nails start falling off. And then that's the person who's getting all the money at the time, right? It's just shifting. And guess where it's shifting now, huh? Towards us. It has to. It's biblical. It's shifting towards us. Get in position and stand firm. Stand firm because it's going down right now. It's already going down. Dr. Benjamin, did you want to, you lit up. Did you want to add something to it? Well, I just wanted to say, I saw it and I have from Negro, Hebrew to Negro. Mm -hmm. I think it's a very good documented piece of work. And it just, it's just amazing how most people don't realize that the Bible is 
I'll just say 85 to 95% black people or people of color. And, and when you inform a people who have been suppressed for so long, when you, when you present some information like that, that tells them that they are kings and queens, it's, it's hard to believe, it's hard to accept, but that's what we need to do. We need to accept our royalty. So I got it. So if Griff gets here before you get it, just let me know. We can all look at it again. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. All right. Any other comments before I'm going to play a quick song and then we're going to move on to our teaching, the word of God. Uh, any other comments before we move on? Okay, I'm gonna play a quick song. Praise them, and that's why we have we have to keep doing, keep praising them, keep praising our Yahweh and Yahshua. Can everybody hear? Yes. We do not own any rights to the music. To feel free in your spirit and your soul. Thank you. Hallelujah. It's a good feeling. If you don't feel it, keep watching us. His Thank you. 
Yeah, we worship you, Yahweh. Praising him, keep praising him, keep praising him, keep praising him, keep lifting up his name, Yahweh. Keep praising him, keep lifting up his name, Yahweh. There's power in his name, there's healing in his name, there's peace in his name, there's serenity in his name, there's forgiveness in his name. All those things, there's mercy in his name, all those things are free, it's in his name, in Yahweh's name. Not the man in Yahweh's name. He created us the Lord our God in his name. There's freedom in his name. There's freedom in his name. There's peace in his name. There's clarity in his name. Walk in his name. There's protection in his name. Whoo. That powerful name. Minister Daniels, if you can go ahead, we're going to go ahead with our word. Our parashah for this week was Genesis 18 through 22 up to the 24th verse. Our new parashah is Genesis 23 to 25. So you read this every week, stay on track. So when Rabbi Afshalom Ben Yaakov teaches, you'll know what he's talking about. Genesis 23 to 25 is our new parashah next Saturday up to the 18th verse. Minister Daniels, if you can go ahead and do the prayer, please. Good morning. Good morning. Blessed are you, Adonai, our power, King of the universe who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to study the Torah. Amen. Amen. Um, we thank amen. everyone for on the panel, all the ministers. We thank you for tuning in, apostles, ministers. Uh, we love you, Rabbi Afshalom, First Lady. We, lift, we, we thank you for continuously lifting Yahweh's name up. We're excited about the word. We're excited about the teaching. We're excited that everyone is here. It's just good to be in the house again. You have it. You can take it over. All right. Shabbat shalom, everyone. It's uh, again a an increase to be here uh, with you all. Is sharing on uh, Easter, keeping it real. <laughs> uh, we're trying to keep. We are keeping it real here. I'll put it that way. Uh, controversial sometimes and edifying all the time. 
today we're looking at the parasol and it's amazing that as I reflect on this parasol, it if you can if you if you know the 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 background on the scriptures, the, the things that have happened in the background of what we are reading in Torah, then you realize that wow, they're talking about us today. These things are actually happening today. But 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 you have to be able to to get in there and see exactly what's going on from a historical perspective. And so today I'm going to be looking at and using the book of Yasher, okay? Starting at about the 19, 18th chapter. And it, it and, and it covers this parashal. Um, and uh, I think you're going to see some interesting things, even though I'm not going to go into very much detail. But again, you can go, if you have the book of Jasher, you can order it on Amazon, um, or you can get it... Uh, uh, I have it. Actually, I might share it with you from what I have from Kindle. You can get it, you know, go through Amazon and it'll go into the electronic form in Kindle. You can get it that way. But, um, and which is the way I'm going to pr probably share with you today. But it's a very, very interesting book because it, it gives reference to the book of Jasher in the Torah. Actually, um, I think it's in the book of, of, uh, of uh, Joshua. Okay, so we we these books, these these sefarim, and you can also if you have the sefer that has the the additional books uh, in the, then you'll find it again in the book of Yasher, started about the 18th chapter, going through the 23rd chapter maybe. You get more background of of what's going on. So let me do just a brief uh, overview. And then if you have any questions as I start to go, I'm going to, I've chosen some, some nuggets out of it, you know, just to, to, to whet your appetite so that you'll go back and study it for yourself and, and see. And then, and then first of all, be well-versed in the Torah as we have in our, most of us in, in the Stone Edition or King James Edition or in the uh, Jewish translation uh uh, you know, whichever way you have your, 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 you know, I don't, I don't go with the, some of the other translations, but King James I can get by with, and, and you know, in a Stone edition, which is basically a a Hebrew, Hebrew or Jewish or Hebraic text with Hebrew and English in there, broken down uh, of the Torah, uh, not the Tanakh, but the Torah. Now you can get the Stone edition with the complete Tanakh, right? But um, today we're we're basically looking at just in the book of Genesis or the Bereshit from the 18th chapter for the parashah, Vayera says. So in the beginning of it, it starts with God revealing Himself to Abraham Avinu, a blessed memory. Then it talks about the circumcision, and it talks about how old Abraham is because this is important. He was. 99 years old when he spoke with the Malachim uh, from uh, Mashim, Haha Mashim, from the heavens. And it says, and, and how he treated these angels or the three visitors is how he treated them is very important when you think about the life of Abraham and the life that we are supposed to emulate. So he greets these Malachim. Okay. And then he 
he he moves on from there. When they go on about that to do their business, to complete their business, they had missions to accomplish. Abraham is pleading for Lot, Lot and his family, and actually for Sodom, uh, and which was a doomed city. And there's a reason why it was doomed. We don't get all that information in our King, again, in our King James Version. It talks about Lot and his daughters. Right? By the way, he did have more than two daughters. And then it says, uh, and talks about his wife turning to the pillar of salt. It talks about how Lot, uh, his daughters got him drunk and he, you know, off the wine and he had the, the Moabites and the Ammonites, which are actually uh, forbidden relations, okay? They call him Mamzur, uh, a Mamzur, uh, meaning they were begotten by a forbidden way. And, and that's an interesting story within itself. Then it talks about Sarah, um, you know, and um, it goes on. Uh, Isaac going up to Mount uh, Moriah and talks about Hagar and Ishmael being banished from the home. That's another good story. And, uh, you know, uh, so, and and uh, again, the, the, the testing of Abraham with Isaac uh, is, is important. Because in there, in that story, there is an argument take, that takes place between Ishmael and, uh, what is it, Eleazar, about the inheritance of Abraham. Now, when I talk about Eleazar and Ishmael, Ishmael, you know, being directly from Abraham, but from the handmaid, and Eleazar was in his household and, and nephew, and they're arguing over the birthright because they know what's going to what's supposed to take place on Mount Moriah. You see, the Torah that we have in King James doesn't give you all these details. So I would uh, encourage you to to read this this block of of scripture concerning Abraham and Isaac. Okay, it's it's, it's very interesting. So let me go ahead and, and get into this because for sake of time, and if you have anything you want to say, um, let me know, okay? Because this is open forum, open discussion. All right. So um, let me see here if I'm capable. Okay. So let me begin here. Um Uh, in uh, chapter twenty-two, there's a there's um well, actually this is chapter eighteen, I believe. Uh, well, anyway, it talks about Abraham and uh, Abraham in the Philistines. Okay, this will be in chapter twenty-two, but I want to read this before I go back up to chapter eighteen, and then kind of what I'm going to do is just pull out some scripture. Again, I don't like doing that too much, but for the sake of time and and to maybe draw some uh, conversation out on your thoughts and, and how some of these things you can, uh, you can see and actually apply them to today, to the United States, to Houston, or wherever you're living in the, in the world, in the country. And you can look at our life, we can look at our lifestyle and this is this reveals some things that are internal struggle struggles for individuals and for nations. The reason why 
that punishment comes and blessing comes. So let me start here uh, in verse 10. Okay, and it says, oh, let me script. Can I share my screen? It might be better if I share my screen. Yes, it is open for share. Okay, let's see if I can share this. If I can do it right, I will. Okay, now you can see where I am. I don't have to worry about finding it for you. Okay, good. So um, if you can see my pointer, my pointer, I'm down at... Yes, we oh, can see it. I can't even see it. Can you see it? Okay. Yeah. You had 11 at, in Abraham. Okay. I'm going to go up a little bit. Oh, let me just go ahead and read this because it won't take me that long. It'd be better for okay. me just go ahead and read because I'm not seeing the numbers. My eyes are not. Yeah, number it. nine oh. is right there. Uh-huh. Okay. 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 Here goes it. I'm going to start up here at Abraham. And okay. Abraham took seven new lambs and gave them to Abimelech, saying, Take these, I pray thee, from my hands, that it may be a testimony for me that I dug this well. Okay, and he says, And Abimelech took the seven ewe lambs, which Abraham had given to him, for he had also given him cattle and herds, and in abundance. And Abimelech swore to Abraham concerning the well, therefore he called that well the Sheba, okay, Beresheba meaning what? Seven. Sheba is seven, so seven wells. Who lives in Beresheba today? You'll find that the B'nai Israel, B'nai Israel, uh, most of the, the Jews of color that have gone to the land of Israel are going to be in Beersheba. Okay, That's an important thing to remember. He says, for there, uh, for there they both swore concerning it. And in verse 10 it says, and they both made a covenant in Beersheba. Uh, and Abimelech rose up in Fichal, the captain of his host, and all his men, and they returned to the land of the Philistines. And Abraham, all belonged to him, dwelt in Beersheba. And he was in that land a long time. And uh, now here we go. This is what I wanted to get to right here. This is, the, the, this is what I want on this part, on this part. It says, and Abraham planted a large grove in Beersheba. And he made to it four gates facing four sides of the earth. Now, if you can go into a different <clears throat> mode of thinking on this and going, if you can move this up into a spiritual realm, and remember the, the covenant is that Abraham is going to be a blessing to every nation. All nations will be blessed through him. Well, the four corners represent all the parts of the earth that are going to be blessed through Abraham, if you can receive that, if you can see that. You see, if you could actually see that, that these four sides, that they, they says for four sides of the earth, and he planted a vineyard in it, okay, so that if a traveler, now here again, so that if a traveler came to Abraham and he entered in any gate which was in his road and remained there and ate and drank and satisfied himself and then departed. So Abraham his land is open to everyone to come in. And not only just to come in, but you could get there and you can have your needs met in his land. It's open. Is Israel today open to anyone that wants to come in? Think about that. Think about that. The mindset of Abraham Avinu 
and the mindset that is taking place in Israel today. Anybody can go in. It's open to everybody to come into the land. He says, in Abraham's land. Israel is Abraham's land, given to him by Yeshua, by uh, Yah, by our power. He says, by and on by contract, okay? He says, for the house of Abraham was always open. The house of Abraham is always open to the sons of men that passed and re and repassed, that went through, came in and out, in and out who came daily to eat and drink in the house of Abraham. Yeshua said, my house should be a house of prayer for all nations. You see the pattern of how Abraham lived and what he expects and what the father expects and how the father expects us as the children of Abraham to treat our fellow men. He says, and any man who had hunger and came to Abraham's house, Abraham would give him. He said he would give him what? Bread that he might eat and drink and be satisfied. And anyone that came naked to his house would be, would, he would clothe with garments as he might choose. In other words, the guest, the guest gets to choose, to choose what he's going to wear. And he said, and he give him silver and gold and make known to him the Lord. Listen at this. He ministered to their physical needs. And then he presented to them the knowledge that he had of what he made known to him, the Lord who had created him in the earth. This did Abraham all his life. This is the lifestyle of Abraham. You come into his place of worship. Or you come into his house. He feeds you. He, he cares. He takes care of your needs. And then he would put you, he'd clean you up. Then he would present to you the one who is, has enabled him or has empowered him to do what he does. When you go to church, what is the first thing that you do that, the, that you ask for? First thing they do is ask you for tithes and offers. They don't ask you if you have a need. They ask you if you need to, you're going to pay your tithes and offers. If you ain't paying your tithes and offers, the doors of windows of heaven are not open to you. Here it says, when you come in, the windows are open already. And you receive riches and wealth inside the congregation. And then you learn. Totally opposite of Abraham's thinking. I'm trying to open you up to something here. I'm trying to open you up to something. Yeshua came and tried to do the same thing. And they put him on a tree. He was introducing to the world Abrahamic faith. Not Judaism. Not Christianity. But the Abrahamic faith. Okay, I just want to touch that for you, so you get an un so you can see the pattern of what is happening in this parashah. Especially, you see, when when the angels come to Abraham Avinu, what does he do? He rushes to them, and he offers them the same. He, he his pattern didn't change. His custom never changed. He treated them the way he treats everyone in the land in fact if you if you if you question me he didn't probably you know there's some different thoughts on it but i would say in the beginning he may not have realized that they were malachim but he treated everyone the same way so it really didn't matter whether they're malachim or just resident men or peasants coming in but he was going to treat them 
with, with dignity and respect. You come into my house, I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. That's the way we're supposed to live. Amen. Not by ritual and traditions of men and customs of men. See, that's what Yeshua is trying to tell us. You can do all the sacrifices that you want. You can have all the feast days that you want. But if it's not following the pattern of Abraham, Avinu, it means nothing. You can heal the sick, raise the dead, you can go to the prisons, but until your heart is in the same place that Abraham is, you have done nothing. Yeshua made that plain and clear in his teaching to the children, to the children of Israel, to the children of Israel, and to the people that had occupied Israel, Israel at the time. And yes, I said to the people that were occupying Israel at that time, you see, and in control at that time. So now let me go back up. I said I was going to hit some just some high points. Okay. Um, it may be a little challenge for me to do this. I got this, this thing up here messing with me. Um, move this over a little bit. Okay. So it says, um, I'm reading down here. Okay. You can see what I can see, right? Okay. As long as you can see what I can see, that's fine. Yeah. So this is, um, on 16. Abraham and the son of Terah mm -hmm. was 99 years old. At the time the Lord appeared to him as he said, I will make my covenant between me and thee and I will greatly multiply thy seed and this is the covenant which I make between me and thee that every male child be circumcised and thou and thy seed after thee. At eight days old, it shall be circumcised, and this covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And now, therefore, thy name shall no more be called Abram, but Abraham, and thy wife shall no more be called Sarah, but Sarah. So uh, I will bless you both, and I will multiply your seed after you, that you shall become a great nation, and kings shall come from you. Okay. So it goes, uh, and you, you're seeing my notes on the side. So you'll be able to see this, right? But I want you to go ahead and read from this chapter 18 and, and start reading down, okay? So again, remember I said that, that when the angels came and how Abraham treated everyone? So it says that in, the, in this 18th chapter, it says, and the Lord appeared to him in the plain of memory and sent three ministering angels to visit him. And he was sitting at the door of the tent and he lifted his eyes and saw, and lo, three men were coming from a distance. And he rose up, ran to meet them, and bowed down to them and brought them into his house. See, this is, again, remember, I just told you why I read that, started in the back, and then came back up here to the front. is because this gives you an, a, a, a glimpse of what Abraham was doing or, or why he did that. That was his custom. That was how he lived. That was his lifestyle. And he said to them, now if I found favor in your sight, turn in and eat a morsel of bread. And he pressed them and they turned and gave him, he gave them water and, and he washed their feet. And he said, and they washed their feet. And he placed them under a tree at the door of the tent. Now, there's some other things that 
that the rabbis say about it, but I'm not getting that because that's rabbinic stuff. I don't. I'm, I'm letting you read. I'm. I'm showing as the documentary did on on uh, Hebrews and Hebrews. I'm doing the same thing. I'm letting you see it for yourself, right? Okay, so you can see it, right? So it says. Um, so they 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 killed the fatted calf, right? Okay. Now I hit let, and then it goes into this little Sodom and Gomorrah. Here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm giving you I'm giving you a glimpse into Sodom and Gomorrah. And it says, in those days, oh, let me go back. In those days, all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember, if you have any questions or any interjections, you can do it anytime. All right, I'm looking for your hands. Okay. In those days, all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and and of the whole five cities were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord, and they provoked the Lord with their abominations, and they they strengthened in aging abominable and scornfully, uh, scornfully before the Lord, and their wickedness and crimes were in those days great before the Lord, and they had in their land a very extensive uh, valley, okay? Now, it says, I'm going to go down to 14. Okay, 14, uh, it says, and in the time of rejoicing, oh, let me go back to 13. Uh, I have to go back up. Uh, and all the people of Sodom and Gomorrah went there four times in the year with their wives and their children and all belonging to them. And they rejoiced there with timbrels and dancing. So they're having a feast, a festival, right? And it says, uh, and in the time of rejoicing, they would all rise, lay hold of their neighbor's wives. Check this out. In time of rejoicing, they would all rise and lay hold of their neighbor's wives and some the virgin daughters of their neighbors, and they enjoyed them. And each man saw his wife and daughter in the hands of his neighbor and did not say a word. And they did so from morning to night. And they actually returned home, each man to his house, each woman to her tent. So they always did four times in the year. This is an opposite of what we do as Israelites. Sure, we come together. We are proclaimed to come together and we rejoice before the Lord, but there's no wife swapping and, and you know, and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to tell you a little something. When I was in Germany, stationed in Germany in the military, there's a, a time of year during, I think it was January, February time period, at the beginning of the year, they had this thing they call flushing. Flushing. And the women would take off their wedding rings for this, this night and they would go out on the town and guess what? It was open season. Mm. Back in the 70s when I was there, 74, 75, 76. Flushing. This was born out of Sodom and Gomorrah, I believe. This was something that carried over from Sodom and Gomorrah. Why swapping it? And this, and you know, so these things were happening in some in Sodom. So it wasn't just what we read in the King James, there was more to the story. Okay. It said, now I'm going over to verse 19. Uh, now, remember, again, Abraham's story is he sees strangers coming in the four corners of his, of his of his land, right? And 
so he would have these four gates open so they could go in and satisfy themselves, meet their needs. In other words, they could meet their needs and then go up before continuing on their journey. So in verse 18, it says, and there was a man from the country of Elam. He was leisurely going, leisurely going on the road, seated upon his ass, which carried a fine mantle of diverse colors. And the mantle was bound with cord upon the ass. And the man was on his journey, passing through the street of Saddam. And, and when the sun set in the evening, he remained there in order to abide during the night, but no one would let him into the house. And at that time, there was a, inside of him a wicked and mischievous man, one skilled to do evil. And his name was Haddad. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the traveler in the street. And he came to him and said, whence comest thou? And thou, uh, you know, where are you going? And the man said to him, I am traveling from Hebron to Elam, where I do, where I belong. And as I passed, the sun set, and I, no one would suffer me to enter his house. Though I had, uh, though I had bread and water and also straw, and uh, provided for my ass, and am short uh, and short of nothing, so he says I got everything. I just need a place to stay. Okay, so I'm not going to read all of it. You finish it off, all right? But it's you know, the end. The more the end of the story is, uh, the man kept him there overnight, and he says. Uh, Verse 27 said, and the man would not, he tried to get him to stay extra nights, but he, he said, no, I got to go. I got to go because Haddad had ill intentions. So he said, and the man would not remain, but rose and saddled his ass. And whilst he was saddling his ass, the wife of Haddad said to her husband, hold this man. Uh, behold, this man has remained with us for two days, eating and drinking, and has given us nothing. Totally opposite of Abraham. Notice. And he says, and, and now shall he go away from us without giving anything? And Hadad said to her, be silent, you know, but that's not the end of the story. Okay. So again, so this is showing the contrast of, between Abraham and what? Of, of the men of Sodom. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so they get into this argument. Things go on. It progresses till they go to court. And it says in verse 34, and the man laid his cause before Sarek the judge. When Hadad replied, he said, Is it not so? But it is not so, but thus the matter stands. And the judge said to the traveler, This man, Hadad, tell us the truth. For well, he is famed in the cities for the accurate interpretation of dreams. They're all okay. in it together. We have a question, the Daniel yes. family. Yes. Well, it was more of a comment than a question because I was like, I just, as you were pointing this out, I was just noticing that there was an actual celebration that kind of warranted this type of behavior and the, the act that you're about to read <laughs> a little further down. When we first read this portion of thing, I was like, oh my gosh, he's so terrible. You know, <laughs> why was he doing this? And I was just thinking this guy was like wicked and acting on his own, which he's still you know, wicked, but I didn't realize until now you said it that literally like there was like a feast and a festival or the, the feast and the festival that they were mentioning there tied into his behavior and the acts that he was doing. That was part of, of what they came to do when you said they came together to defraud people yeah. and stuff like that. So I just wanted to point out, I was like, that 
that's so interesting that yeah. like in terms of reading it together with someone where you catch something that you missed before. So it wasn't just him being isolatedly wicked. Like this was part of the whole setup, which would explain why the other person party that, that seemed to have conspired with him would conspire with him. Yeah. There was a, yeah. the whole town was corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. To the top, to the bottom, corrupt mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everybody. You see, and, and, and realize that Lot, Lot was living there. So, so, you know, he must have been having a pretty tough go, right? You would think. Right, right. That part, we definitely were like, we were like, oh my goodness, because, you know, in the, the when you read like in Bereshit and, and et cetera, it's, it's more summarized. Mm -hmm. And so like, we just kept going, ooh, ah, oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. This because it was, it was, there were more details to a lot of things, even when you read the part with um Weiss, um, we were just talking about that too. <laughs> and I realized with the, speaker off we're having a lot of side conversations <laughs> about like um Sarah, Sarah, Sarah and um saying to to cast out the bond woman but there were more details to that too in terms of what what she had seen and yeah. whereas if you just read Bereshit you're seeing it's looking as if she was just being you know shady like no we're not having this you know bond woman up in my house sharing all the goods but she was more than willing to it was something that that she saw him do that was like you know I better nip this in the bud you know so yeah so what was she what was what was the deal then so she saw him you know he was a skilled archer uh -huh. and she saw him aiming at um at Yitzhak and stuff and and aiming and he had planned he was he was aiming and he was planning to to shoot him with that arrow to slay him and she saw that in his heart the the interesting part is her knowing what was in his heart cuz he you know could have just been being a silly boy or something like that but she she saw it and she was right about it because the the bible does say he was intending to slay him and stuff at that age he was intending to slay him and so what we were discussing in our side conversation was man so if he was intending to slay him then sarah had foresight she's like if i leave them alone together as they're older and you see they they make it clear that she they were intending for them both to inherit and to share it would have been a israel and a ishmael thing <laughs> You know, but she was like, leave them together and he'll slay my son and take all, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted you to bring that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There's more to the story, right? Yeah. He was actually going, he was going. He was going to kill him. <laughs> yeah, he was going to kill him. Same thing was with Isaac, right? With, with, uh, uh, Isaac, with, 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 yeah. uh, mm -hmm. with Jacob and Esau, Esau was going to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and those are the things like with the Esau and Yaakov thing, I think what confuses people is like, it's like, yeah, but he he wanted to kill him because of his birthright. But it's like, um, realize we have to realize that the most high has more foresight than that. He can yeah. see he discerns hearts. Yeah. And so he's seeing why he's like, no, you get the birthright instead. Because he could have mm -hmm. been like, whoa, 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 nah, -uh. this is for Esau and stopped everything in his tracks if he mm -hmm. had desired to. But why didn't he interfere in that situation? Yeah. And he why did he, before they were even at an age to be getting a birthright, say that the younger would inherit it instead? You know, so yeah. 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 And so yeah, so in that again, so I'm glad you, you I'm glad you hit that because. You can read the rest of this on on Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, okay? But and and because there's so much in there, so much meat in there that that will really you know answer some questions that you may have on what's going on, okay? Yeah. So yeah. 
Because oh. definitely that outcry, we were talking about that, the outcry of wickedness, you know, when when the angels come to um to Abraham and they or to well, they come to Abraham first before they get to Lot, but we you know when they're speaking to Lot and they say the outcry of the city was wicked. Yeah. And you go, you know, it's just that is so vague. And that's why you see a lot of people going and interpreting it whatever whichever way they want. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know? Because in Yasher, it gives you details, but if you're just gonna hold out to what you see in Bereshit, then you know you, of course, you can go and say whatever loose terms of what the wickedness was. Yeah. But in Yasher, it's made very clear what the wickedness is. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, um... I got a question, Rabbi. Uh huh. Uh, I've always thought that Solomon Gomorrah was destroyed because of the sexual immorality. I have heard some teaching where they said it was more of hospitality because you, you went through how hospitable Abraham was. And then what we just saw was that it was just the opposite for, for the people there. So in your opinion, is it, was it both or was hospitality more important than sexual immorality? In the scripture, it says, send them out that we can have our way with them. Mm -hmm. What they would do with the strangers is they had these beds in the city. And it's in this and it's in this about Sodom and Gomorrah in the book of Jasher. They would mm -hmm. lay them on the bed if their feet would, you know, they would, it was like a guillotine. And they would misuse the people until they died on that bed. So what they were going to do with those two Malachim that they didn't know were actually Malachim, they were going to do them the same way. They were going to treat them the same way. So yeah. the scripture doesn't say anything about, from what I say, has, the scripture in the Torah doesn't say anything about sexual things, except for uh, when it's talking about the, you know, time of flushing or how the, you know, the people were, but they were very dishonest people and they were not hospital. They were not, you know, they didn't take care of people. They would kill you if you weren't a, a part of them. They would just misuse you. And that's what they did. And they, and they, did so many wicked things to people, strangers that would come through, they would just misuse them and kill them. They would starve them to death. See? Yeah. So, There's somewhere where they say that, right? They say it was their custom that if a stranger entered into the place, and that was shocking to us too. We we're like, so any sir, it's like, whoa, you if people start saying, don't go there. You know how they say, don't go yeah. into certain places yeah. because you might not come back out. Yeah. And so that's, that, yeah. that's why it's so important to, for us to read the the paper the read the books and and get the information because preachers and rabbis get it wrong we do when we just listen to what's passed down instead of going and actually reading the information mm -hmm. and getting the background right you have to go out there and see the, the the information is there for instance when they talk about that was something that that's dealt with and they said it was for sexual reasons, oh, 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 about the kicking of Ishmael out of the house. They said it was because he was doing sexual things. But when you read the documentation on it, it says, no, he was going to kill his brother. Mm -hmm. So you get the truth. It was not sexual. Sex had nothing to do with what he was doing. He was going to kill his brother. Yeah. It was the same thing. So these books, and that's that's why it's so important, so important for us to understand and go back. And because this book was again, referenced in the Torah to mm -hmm. read this book, it's important for us to not just go by what people teach us 
unless, and that's why I always say, read it for yourself. I'll give you, I said, go and read this. Get this information for yourself, not from so that you know, so that I didn't say it, but you actually read it, got the document, your hands on the documentation, and you you see it for yourself. It's there. But it's, it, it, oh, excuse me, cutting you off. Um, in the book, it said, does it not say, I should say, that the men wanted to have the two angels that. Lot had in this house, they wanted to bring them out and have sex with them. Mm -hmm. So yeah. is that just part of what they do anyway? They, they translated that like that. They said they wanted to have them, right? Again, yeah. it said they would they had this bed out there and they would stretch them on the bed until they died. So, so what okay it say anything about sex to me. Okay. It just said that they mis yeah. misused them, abused them, starved them, took all that they had, they took all their possession. They didn't necessarily kill them. But they took all their possession. And, you know, they it had nothing to say about it. They couldn't say anything about it. They took it, you know. That's that was their custom. But it doesn't, again, it doesn't explicitly say anything about sex. It may be there. I might miss it. I might have missed it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. So but even if it was, it comes across to me that it was more than it would have been more than just that. Yeah. Because it said the outcry was utter wickedness. And so it was to a point. And so then when you read this portion, you can see where it's a lot of things. Yeah. It's, so it's a lot going on and all of it is wickedness. It's like their whole custom seems to be set around wicked deeds, yeah. you know? And so then that makes sense because you'll even have the argument, although we're not taking away from that, because in the commandments, it clearly states not sleeping with, with like kind. And stuff so we know what the commandment says what what torah says about that but um it wasn't and but a lot of people say okay so why not now with with all that that's happening in the land why not now but it, it it's when it gets to a place of utter desolation and and where you just really it's like there's no righteousness left that's when these kinds of situations where it's like he's like okay i'm cleaning up over here seem to happen we were just having that discussion early early morning about that and how um, when Yeshua talks about justice in the day of Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah and just as in the day of Noah. And I was like, and if you look at those two situations, one was upon a location and one was upon the earth, you know, but both of the situations was an outcry of wickedness where they would, they had just went past. They started to take on the nature of Hasatan. If you think about what Nimrod was trying to do, you know, and then you think about like the, the rest of them, it was just, it was all piling up into this, you know, situation that was like, okay, I've given you mercy after mercy. You just keep choosing wickedness, you know? And now they were trying to take over and, and talk about, I will come in and wage war against the heavenlies. Uh-uh. <laughs> you know, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I I'm going to correct myself on something. Mm -hmm. There was sexual intonations mm -hmm. made in there mm -hmm. because they said, I will give you my daughters. Do right. Me. Right. So there right. are sexual uh, connotations in there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, Holy Spirit brought that back to me and said, no, 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 it does say that. Yeah. yeah I was just going to uh, point it out in from the Bible in chapter 19, verses 7 and uh, 8. Yeah. And so I haven't gone back to look up it in the scripture, but it does. It reminds me, yeah, it was there. Yeah, so, Rabbi, I was literally yeah. just reading that and I was like, okay, that seems to imply that there was that issue so yeah 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 and that's where they are because it seems so implied that you have to read all the language to really prove it 
Yeah. And so they try to argue yeah. it out. Yeah. My husband has something to say. Sorry. I'm, I'm just not, not disagreeing, but I'm just wondering, considering the festival you just spoke of, where neighbors would take their neighbor's wives or daughters, like an orgy. If, if that mm -hmm. is occurring simultaneously, I, I could see how him offering his daughter could be simply because maybe that was that that time or season mm -hmm. the men were taking their neighbors' daughters and having their ways with them. Yeah, as as maybe as a means, but I mean, I, we've always accepted the fact that again, even the word Sodom or sodomy relates to that act. So, yeah, I'm not gonna disagree with that at all. But I'm right. just wondering if that's why he could have offered his daughters. Yeah, since that was there, and I was also wondering, as much as Lot was separate, uh, because we know that they complain. This man is just a, a sojourner, and trying, and here he wants to be morally upright. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, they were gonna do worse to him. You read in 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 Joshua just now that they would not like a man would see another man take his wife or his virgin daughter and not complain or not set it straight. And you mentioned that with Israel, it was different because we know previously you mentioned that we could not allow sin in the camp without right. nipping it in the bud. Yeah. So I'm just seeing how immoral that outcry could have been as a result, that no one would stand up for righteousness. Right, yeah. It's, and, and that lays a foundation for why we have those commandments, mm -hmm. that we mm -hmm. wouldn't do like the other people of the other nations do. Mm -hmm. So there are reasons why the, the Father put those things in the Torah for us. He said, don't emulate the other nations, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, these things are all important for us to know and understand. And, and yeah. you know, so... It's all he's always been the same. He's never changed. Never ever changed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think also um part of what because it was like a revelatory point too in this morning when when I was praying and then I started to speak to my husband. And one of the things that was the insights that was given me is that it's like in this, all of these writings, it's also a pattern. Yeah. So you start to see, and you would hear Mashiach say that all the time, when you see, when you see this happen, when you see that happen. Mm -hmm. And so you start to be able, if there's a pattern also for you to understand what will happen when you see wickedness start to increase. Yeah. When it starts to get to that point where it's like, you, even when you're saying things, people are like, no, we want to continue in the sin. We mm -hmm. want to continue in the era, like what the next steps are and how Yah deals with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Okay. All right, that's interesting. We could go. I know we're, I'm going to work. I'm trying to work in the time, so let me move to the next one now. Okay, so chapter twenty-one. I, Isaac is born, right? Because we're going to get to this. I got to get to to the offering at Mount Moriah. I want to try to get there if, if if time permits. So let me move this real fast. So in chapter twenty-one, verse uh, verse three, and Abraham circumcised his son Isaac at eight days old, as God had commanded Abraham to do unto his seed after him. Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90 years old when Isaac was born to them. And the child grew up and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast upon the day that Isaac was weaned. And Shem, look at the list of these names now, Shem and Eber and all the great people of the land and Abimelech of the Philistines and his servants and Fikol, the captain of his host, came to eat and drink and rejoiced at the feast which Abraham made upon the day of his son Isaac's wean. Uh, and also Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, his brother, came from Haran. They and all 
uh, belonging to them. Uh, you, you know what? You know what I see here? Abraham, and it gives his age and Sarah's age, the age that they were, they had this child, right? Isaac, this was a miracle baby. Yeah. So all the great people came to see this baby. You know, when Yeshua was born, they, the people traveled around to see Yeshua when he was born. And this was a great, because he was a what? Miracle baby. That's why all hmm. this was going on with Isaac. Isaac, you know, you don't see that. Now, you don't see that, again, in the basic writings. But you see right. that when you start get, getting into the nuggets, right? And if, and if we bring that to today, all hmm. of our children are miracle babies. Anybody can uh, live through that slave trade, come on over here and still survive. Like I'm out here now visiting Zion, my grandbaby. So we got to look at it. We have to stop aborting our children because they're all miracle babies to have survived and still be alive because they've tried to genocide and attack us year after year after year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to continue. It's a pattern, right? So again, down in chapter, verse 13, Ishmael tries to kill Isaac. This is what we were talking about earlier, right? This answers that question. Ishmael tried to kill Isaac. That's why he was kicked out, you see? That's why they were put out, all right? So, and I, Abraham, uh, okay, so let me go over here and read this. Um, you know, I uh, it talks about Terah's death, uh, chapter 22, okay? And then we go to Isaac offering. Okay, now it says, watch this. Now, remember important about what I read earlier about um, the great men coming right to his weaning chapter 23 verse 5 says my son Isaac is grown up this is the story of Mount Moriah this is how we get to Mount Moriah all right chapter 23 my son Isaac is grown up and he has not for some time studied the service of yeah. Now tomorrow I will go and bring him to Shem and Eber, his son, and, and, and there he will learn the ways of the Lord. For they will teach him to know the Lord as well as to know that when he prayeth continually before the Lord, he will answer him. Therefore, uh, he will know the way of serving the Lord, his God. You know, in our advanced, this this takes me to our advanced teachings on Tuesday night. We're talking about the teachings that Abraham received from, from Shem. Yeah. We're learning those teachings, right? This is what, this is, you know, this gives you foundational what was going on. Shem was there. Okay, hands up. Come on. <laughs> I see you. Uh, Coach Daniel. It's amazing. So yeah, all of a sudden I, it hit me as you were reading it, like part, part of the other reasoning that was going on. I was like, here we have, cause as you brought it out, all the grandparents, the great grandparents, everybody, the whole family's coming down for this baby. Right. And Ishmael is there feeling like a leftover, like where was my party? And, and it's like, all of a sudden this baby is so special and everyone's coming down to see him. And he's probably over here kicking rocks and pouting. Cause I started to suddenly think of it like two siblings and the new baby comes in mm -hmm. and the new baby is super special. And everybody's talking about how special he is and you sitting there. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm understanding this whole, all of a sudden 
you know, raising his eye. Because I was like, there's a lot of people here. Why would he, in the midst of all these people, suddenly try to slay? <laughs> but he's a child and he's, you know, he can't. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. All yeah, of this is about, you know, even, you know, Ishmael wanted to kill him because of birthright, basically. Okay, that that's why he wanted to kill him. It was because of birthright. He wanted that birthright. birthright. Yeah, it's all about birthright. That's why we're going through what we're going through today. That's why we're called anti-Shemite, because somebody wants your birthright. All of these stories are relevant to the day. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You see? But you have to be able to see it, right? You have to be able to really see. You have to be in tune with it. That's why it's so important to study it and meditate in the Torah, because you begin to see how these things are happening today that already happened before. And you have to be able to see beyond the veil, the masah, the screen. As the father's trying to give you a download, you can't, because your screen is so plugged up with junk that you can't get, it can't get through to you. But as you learn to pray and meditate in the Torah, in the word, then those screens, the screen opens up and you begin to receive that download. And, and he puts before you information that is necessary to help you to, to be more open. See, we think that because our parents are teaching us, you know, a little, but there's more to the teaching because the Holy Spirit wants to guide us to the truth of who we are and whose we are. Amen. And the things that you're experiencing today have already happened. You just have to know how to deal with it. Now, let me read this chapter, this verse seven. Abraham said, to, this is important. This is important because you can apply this. Scripture, every word in the Torah is the name of the Father. And when you learn how to apply these things, when we learn to apply them in our lives, and I have not attained that yet where I know how to apply it all in my life, but when we learn to apply it as even a little bit of it in our lives, we can see a change. We can see our prayers answered. As I said, then, then our son will know how to get his prayers answered because you have to know the name. You have to know, he said, because he knows my name. He knows my name. When you know his name, that means you know the Torah. You don't know the Torah. You don't know his name. Okay? You don't know his name. So it says, Abraham said unto Sarah, we're looking, now we're going behind the curtain. Y'all, I'm taking y'all behind the curtain. People that are, that are out in the world that are listening, I'm taking you behind the curtain. The father has opened up the curtain so you can see this. Watch what he says. And Abraham said unto Sarah, my daughter, let us pray to the Lord our God that he may do good with us. And Sarah took her son Isaac and he abode all the night with her. And she kissed and embraced him and gave him instructions till morning. She represents the Ruach HaKodesh. And, she's, and she, she represents the feminine aspect of the father. And she said to him, oh, my son, how can my soul separate, separate itself from thee. You know, Yeshua prayed all night long. He prayed as, as, as blood, like droplets of blood. He prayed all night long. He was praying in the spirit. He says, oh, my son, how can my soul separate itself from thee? And she still kissed him and embraced him. And, and she gave Abraham instructions concerning him. Listen to this. She, Hukmar, is giving instructions to Avinu. And he says, and, and Sarah said to Abraham, She's the mother of all women, and he's the father of men. And he says, oh, my Lord, I pray thee, take heed of my son and place thine eyes over him. 
for I have no other son nor daughter but him. Now remember, she's promised many daughters and sons. He says, oh, forsake him not. If he be hungry, give him bread. This is for us. This is for all of us that are listening. We are the children of the most high God. He said, if he be hungry, give him bread. If he be thirsty, give him water to drink. Do not let him go on foot, neither let him sit in the sun, neither let him go by himself in the road, neither force him to, to whatever he may desire, but do unto him as he may say to thee, as he prays to you. And Sarah wept bitterly and the whole night on account of Isaac, and she gave him instructions till morning. And in the morning, Sarah selected a very fine, listen at this, in the morning, Sarah selected a very fine, fine and beautiful garment from those garments which she had in the house and th that Abimelech had given to her. And she, uh, let me go ahead and come on, continue to read this. And, and she, she dressed Isaac, her son, therewith, and she put a turban upon his head and she enclosed a precious stone in the top of that turban in his pineal gland. I'm getting a little spiritual over here now. She gave him some spiritual wisdom all night long. She, why would she just, if he's just going up, they're just going up to offer sacrifice. Why is she going through all this? See, there's more to the story. She knew more. They all knew what was going on. See, they all knew. And she gave these them provision for the role and they went. And Isaac went with his father and some of their servants occupied them to see them off the road. And Sarah went out with them and she accompanied them up off the road to see them off. And they say to her, return to the tent. And when Sarah heard the words of her, her son, Isaac, she wept bitterly. And Abraham, her husband, wept with her. And the son wept with them. Great weeping. They knew what was coming. And Abraham, because he wasn't just going to be taught by Eber. And Shem, wow! They knew what was going on. That's the first and, time and I've heard and, this. Yeah, and, and also they went and when and they wept greatly. And Sarah caught caught hold of his son Isaac, and she held him in her arms, and she embraced him, and continued to weep with him. And Sarah said, "Who knows if after this day, I should ever see them see again?" Did her mother? Did his mother know? Wow! Yeah, did she know? She had a determined. She knew. She knew. See, and watch that. I'm, I'm going to skip down. It says, now Abraham took two of his son, young men with him. Ishmael. Remember, Ishmael was kicked out, right? It's the son of, of Haggai and Eleazar, his servant. This is what I was talking about earlier. And they went together with them. And whilst they were walking in the road, the young men spoke these words to themselves. This, this is the conversation that they have. Peeking behind the curtain. Check this out. He says, Ishmael said to Eleazar, now my father Abraham is going with Isaac to bring him up for a burnt offering to the Lord as he commanded them. Check this out. And he says, now when he returns, he will, when he returns, he will give unto me all that he possesses to inherit after him for I am his firstborn. They weren't expecting Esau to come back. See? And he said, and Eleazar answered Ishmael and said, surely Abraham did not cast thee away with thy mother. This is, he, he talked about it after he'd been kicked out. He says, and swear that thou should not inherit anything of all he possessed. And to whom will he give it all? Uh, uh, he will give all that he has with all his treasures. 
but unto me, his servant. Uh-huh. Who has been faithful in his house, who has served him night and day and has done all that he desired of me. So you have the Ishmaelites, the Arabs, right? And you have the Jews who have been there for 2,000 years while we're gone. And you have the Israelites that are being sacrificed every day. I'm giving y'all some, some stuff I shouldn't even tell y'all that. <laughs> you got to see that for yourself. You got to see it for yourself. They're arguing over it. Listen at this. Seth is dwelling. Uh, no, no, it says, what is that? What is that? Jephthah is dwelling in the tents of Shem. He's taking position. He's taking possession of the house of Shem. And they're arguing with the Arabs or with other people about something that'll never be theirs. The birthright. Shem and Eleazar know what's going on. Everybody knows what is about to take place. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. And Ishmael is back. He came back because he's coming back to get his share. Eleazar is there because he said, no, I'm going to get it. Because you were kicked out. Uh -huh. You've been kicked out. So it's got to fall to me. Because, you know, I, you know the, the command is take Esau and sacrifice him. Everybody knew what was going on. It was no secret. Okay? Uh -huh. I... Now watch this. Verse 25. I'm skipping down. Y'all going to have to read this for yourself. You got to read it. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's, it's, it's so much fun. I picked this up and I could, you know, I can hardly put it down. It says, and whilst Abraham was proceeding with his son Isaac along the road, the adversary came and appeared to Abraham in the figure of a very old man, humble and contrite spirit. And he approached, you know what? Y'all gonna have to read the rest of it because of time's sake. I want y'all to read this because if you read it on down, you see what's for the adversary has been attacking not only Abraham, he attacks the uh Ishmael and, and, and the, the boys, he goes to Sarah. In fact, he's the one that causes Sarah to die with his lies. And then he told lies, then he came back and told the truth, and she was so overjoyed with the truth that she died. Uh, you know, so so this I mean you hidden know, books, hidden books from us. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want you to know. Because mm -hmm. if you could see these things, you begin to see behind the curtain. You start to see what's unfolding today. Mm -hmm. You're called an anti-Shemite because you know when you put the truth out. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants that birthright that belongs to the children of Israel. And that's why they hate us. That's and the that's answer. If you want to know why they hate us, that's why. So you know, they may not let you show this one, <laughs> but, but it's the truth. And I can't, you know, again, they'll, put, they'll put it on, they'll put it on because our, our platform is not as big, but what's going to happen is later on, people are going to come back to us. Yeah. So, yeah. So read it again, read, get the book of Jesher. First of all, read the parashah. And after you read the parashah, then go and, and get the background on it. So you can see where the gaps, because you're going to have questions. And the questions are answered. And they line up. And they also give you a picture of what's going on today. What has happened and what is happening. Like he said, 
He is today, yesterday, and tomorrow. He's showing us that what, what was happening then is happening now, and it's going to happen tomorrow. Now, there's more in that I wanted to show you to, to do, but I want I don't, you know, um, there's something I, I really read in there that I wanted to read. If I see it, I'll, I will before you, uh, before, before you shut out, if I see it, I will. Um, but there's so much. Whew, it talks about the pillar of fire up on the mountain and, and, and Elazar, they couldn't see it. That's why he didn't take them up with him. Um, uh, My goodness, you know, it talks about how Isaac said, look, I'm an offering, you know, I'm the offering, he said, but I am a joyful and cheerful heart in this matter. He's asking Isaac if, these, if there's anything wrong, you know, he says, uh, the Lord made a choice of thee, my son, to be a perfect burnt offering instead of, listen at this, listen at this. If you're a Christian, listen at this, listen at this. The Lord has made choice of thee, my son, to be a perfect burnt offering instead of the lamb. Uh. But in the end, we know that he did. He says, and then this is what this is this is in the and 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 Abraham asked a question, and this is the answer. He said, verse 26 is the answer. He said, But I am of joyful, cheerful heart in this matter. And I say, Blessed is the Lord who has this day chosen me to be an offering before him. Uh -huh. Doesn't that sound familiar? Uh-huh. That's why that's why I say we already know there's going to be sacrifices. We already know it's going on right now. We already know the blood is going to be shed. So it is foreshadowing Yeshua. <laughs> there you go. There you go. What are you hiding from, man? What are you <laughs> so, so cause, cause you know, throughout the Bible, a lot of times, it, like you take Adam and it says Yeshua is the second Adam. Uh-huh. I'll the, take the screen down, Rabbi, so we can see everybody. A lot of times, a lot of times, the first, you know, God will it like it will overlook the first and go to the second, and that's yeah. representative to me of Yeshua, because he said no, like um, uh, Ishmael and Isaac. He said no. He said you have one son, and Isaac. Isaac was a son of promise, right? Instead mm -hmm. of like man's attempt through. Ish, uh, Sarah said I would take my servant and, and have a son and that was Ishmael but no that wasn't God's approach no this is mine you got to go it's about faith and Abraham his faith and, and Isaac was a son of promise mm -hmm. So, and the, and the scripture says I prepared a body right, right. You know, sacrifice and offering I would not but a body right? Right. you talk about a man right, right. we know what you're talking about right he's also talking about you yeah he yeah. prepared you for such a time as this because yeah. what you go through, right? And again, I said what you go through, yeah, is representative of who you are, yeah. right? And I so, say, I say that the sole focus, and this is the point, of, is Yeshua. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now you know. Also, you know. So the whole scripture, the whole of it, right, is giving us a revelation of what is happening in the world. Today, if we can see it and discern it, we know how to deal with it. Uh -huh. And so he gives us the prayer of Abraham and Sarah together to show us how to deal with it, what to ask for, 
In other words, that's his name. He put his name out there. And, and when people remove these things so we can't see the answers of how to get the answers, that's why they removed these books. His name is in these books. And we find how we can live in his name through these books, these seferim. See, they don't, they, the, the whole, look at this. Look, look, look at this. It says, you know, and the, the adversary is always at play. Uh -huh. Okay. Adversaries. Um, it says, on down, it says, the Lord has prepared his ram from the day, from that day to be a burnt offering instead of Isaac. Uh -huh. And this ram was advanced to Abraham when the adversary caught hold of him and entangled his horns in the thicket that he may not advance to Abraham in order that Abraham might slay his son. The whole intent was that Abraham would carry through on the, on the sacrifice when it was never intended to be that way from the beginning. Uh -huh. You see? So, you know, we have to understand that behind, again, behind there, there's an adversary that does not want you to know the truth. Mm -hmm. There's an adversary that does not does not want you to act on the truth. And he will mix truth and the lie to throw you off the path. Abraham said, you're not going to, Abraham, when, when he approached Abraham, he said, no, 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 that doesn't work with me. You can get on with it. He did the exact same thing that Yeshua did because he knew the Torah. He knew the, the command where he knew what the father would do and what he would not do. We have to be that way. Uh -huh. We have to know his name. That's why he says, because he knows my name. Not because you can call out, you know, or this. No, because you know his name intimately. Uh -huh. It's a part of your, your makeup. Mm -hmm. It's in the very core of your being. That's what makes the difference. So Lifestyle of Abraham. So Rabbi, when he says, um, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow, that is also the equivalent as saying, my people, my sheep or my people, they know my my name. And so they know what, what is not me. Right. It's the same thing. So it's just like when people, when someone will say something about a person, you go, because mm -mm, I know that person, they wouldn't do such a thing. That's not like them. Mm -hmm. And so it's to know what's like him and what's not like him. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. I would, yeah. I would add that, you know, in the Bible, it talks about, it says Moses knew my ways and the people knew his acts. So mm -hmm. yes, I, yes, I, yes. I That's know how he is and his character mm -hmm. and nature and not just, you know, he, he created not just these things, but how he is. Yeah. Right, right. And that's that's in the voice too, where it's like you so you know what he would and wouldn't say because you know his character and you go, that's not of him. We we will say this a lot. Our people will say, that's not of God. We would say that phrase. And how do we know what why are we saying that's not of God? Because it's not, you know, that doesn't suit his character, the character that he has taught us that he is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, so Rabbi, uh, you uh, wanna sum sum it up? Any more questions? We're gonna go ahead and uh, um sum it up. Yeah. Any more questions? Okay. So basically, when I'm going to end it the way I started, Abraham 
was always open and hospitable to all men. He ministered to their needs, right? In spite of the situation, no matter what was going on, he always ministered to the needs of the people, their physical needs. And then he presented to them why he, why he was the way that he was. So in fact, he becomes a father to, to many nations. He becomes a blessing to many nations. And if we're going to take on, the, if we're going to be the children of the Most High, the children that came through Abraham Avinu, through his son Yaakov, then we must take on those attributes and be quick to open up to people, to help them in their needs and not turn them away and rely on other people to do what we can do while it's in our power. Okay. Follow the, the, the way of Abraham and, 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 and look at how he lived. And you will find, you, you will find Mashiach in him. And you will find him in Mashiach. And you will find yourself in Mashiach. Walking in intimacy with Avinu Shabbat Shalom, our Father who is in heaven. Uh, I'll stop right there for the sake of time. Amen. That was a powerful, powerful teaching. Rabbi said he's taking us behind the curtain. He has, because I know in Christianity, we were just taught, oh, like Sarah was ignorant. She didn't know that he was going up there to be decided. I always thought that. But when you take us to those books, the lost books, the ones that they've hidden from us, the discernment was already there. They already knew. She was preparing. They were already mourning in their spirit about Isaac going up. The, the, he took it. I've never heard this. And that's why I said, you got to go to a higher level. He's taking us to a higher level. We have a discernment when we already know, but she didn't interfere with that either. And then Isaac has gone up there so many times. He already knew there was, oh, was supposed to be a lamb, a sacrifice, but they didn't take it up there at the time. So he knew in his spirit, but it was an honor. It was going to be an honor for God to choose him to be that sacrifice. And that's why I said it's going on in the land right now. Sacrificial lambs are being called out. Kyrie name is, he said, my name is Yahweh. It's not by chance he's a superstar. And we're not even talking about basketball money. We're talking about where God has placed, strategically has placed people right now. Are you getting it? Are you awakening? Rabbi took you behind the curtain. It would be an honor for a sacrificial lamb that God has let me birth. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. This is about a whole nation we talking about. This is about our people. The, the, the other 66 books, yeah, that's fine, Christianity, but it's deflecting. It's taking you away from the Torah because what? Our meat is in the Torah. Our, our DNA is in the Torah. So that's why they don't want us to go back there. He keeps telling you that. Everything you need is right there. That's our foundation. That's what we keep talking about. We're not down in Christianity. We're just saying they've lied to us. Then they have. They've taken us away from our DNA because then we will wake and know who we are. And there's power. There's power in our blood. There's power in Yahweh. There's power in Yeshua's name. Are you hearing him? Are you awakening? Going to a higher level. Being around somebody that's higher than you, the teachings, 
every week. We're on here talking about it. Tithes and offering don't mean anything. You are the sacrifice. You are the tithe and the offering. <laughs> and it's an honor. It's an honor, are Yahweh, that you have chosen us. This is why. This is why they hate you. This is why there you're allowed to say bees and hoes and niggers and niggers. This is why, but you can't say, I am a king. I am a, a queen. I am a priestess. I am the chosen one. I'm a Hebrew Israelite. You can't get on there and say all that, but you can get on TV and say all that other stuff. This is why you're hated. This is why the knee is on your neck. This is why we can't breathe and we can't talk. He's giving me the answer right there in that little bit of meat right there out of Yasher. Choose you this day who you going to serve. As for me and my house, we thank you for that powerful word. We thank you, Rabbi, as you always do, taking us behind the curtain. We take we thank you, Yahweh, for taking the blinders off our eyes. We thank you for the discernment and the spirit that has wakened us, that lies in us. And we thank you for the unity that's taking place each and every day as we see it unfold before our eyes. And we're looking forward to your spirit. We're looking forward to the unveiling. We're looking forward to our land. We're looking forward to our representation. We're looking forward to our inheritance that was stolen, that was taken from us. We're looking forward to getting the fine cloths and the linen put back on our, our, our back and, and, and going into our land. We are looking forward. Jerry, if you come forth, please, for our closing prayer. We thank you, Lord. I'm excited. Father God, we come in the name of your son, Jesus, Yeshua the Christ. Father, we come asking that your Holy Spirit give us wisdom and, and guide us and give us understanding and give us uh, let your love, which is shed abroad in our hearts through your Holy Spirit, manifest towards people and help us to learn to love you with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and body, and learn, 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 help us to love others as we love ourselves. Father, we know your word is true. Your word is everlasting. Your word says you, you are the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. Father, we know that you love us, and we know that you, your son was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, and that Isaac willingly was a sacrifice, just as your son, Yeshua, Jesus, was a willing sacrifice. And Father, we thank you. We give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus, your son's name, amen. In Yeshua's name, amen. We thank you for the prayer. We thank you all uh, for tuning in. Uh, we've given you, we told you about the material you can buy on Amazon, uh, uh, the book of, of, of Jasper in the, in the, uh, at the Amazon. Um, you can go to Sefer and send the Sefer also those books. We've given you the material. We've told you about the movies that are out there. So anything, uh, any questions you have, uh, leave it in the comments. We look forward to seeing you next Saturday. Uh, we pray you've learned a lot, and we uh, ask that you join us every Saturday. We'll be here. Have a blessed week. Shalom. 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 Shalom.